Good morning. And on this uh, very bright and beautiful morning, it reminds us of, of God's goodness and love for all of us. And, and uh, of course, uh, this morning we, all, we welcome many of our guests and our visitors to the parish. You know, we're coming close now uh, to Holy Week when we celebrate the, the beautiful uh, life and death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ with all the solemnity of the church, the music, the readings, all. And as we uh, come to this time, uh, I think many of us at this particular time in Lent sort of look back and say, well, I've broken most of my good resolutions for Lent. You know, I haven't done the things I could do and, uh, that were possible for me, maybe little things. But we're not, we're not to be discouraged because God is so merciful and good to us. So if you haven't begun anything or you haven't quite fulfilled everything you want, maybe take just one little thing this next few weeks, maybe your speech, just simply to be kind in your speech, to bring through your words uh, some joy and peace to others about you. Or maybe uh, in the workplace to be more kind and patient with someone who's very difficult to deal with. And, you know, always in your family, in your children and your sons and daughters and your wife and your husband, uh, there's always the opportunity of uh, being more kind, more understanding, and more forgiving, you know. So there are little things that we can do. Uh, we're all sort of broken and uh, not very strong, if we're honest with ourselves, but maybe there's some little things that we could do with preparing ourselves for the great Easter. Now, one of the things I'd like to suggest this morning uh, in your scriptural readings during this time, you might want to consider uh, reading the passion accounts of the gospels. At the end of each gospel, there's an account of the passion the sufferings and death of Jesus. Now you'll find Mark, Luke, and Matthew's accounts very similar. You'll find John's account a bit different because John wrote that account about a hundred years later than the other accounts, you know. And uh, so it's more of a theological uh, meditation upon the sufferings of Jesus. But, you know, uh, you could take one account and read that and then go to the next one and it's a, a beautiful way of preparing. And remember to pray to the Holy Spirit. To, you can take your place for any person in the Passion account. You can be the good thief. You could be the, the woman at the foot of the cross. Uh, you could be one of the soldiers. 
You could be that centurion that says, this truly was the Son of God. Take any place. And then, don't, if you want to talk to Jesus about that, well, talk to him about it. That's prayer. Prayer is conversation with Jesus. And then, after you've prayed or after you've read, then pray to the Holy Spirit again. So there might be something in that passion account that you'll take with you for the day or for the week. So you might think about that uh, for your scripture readings, the uh, passion accounts. Also, you know, we live in a terribly noisy world and a world of, of uh, seems to be a, a violence and speech behavior, uh, and what a wonderful place to go to the Adoration Chapel, you know, where you can be quiet. And maybe that's a good place uh, to read the Passion account for yourself. And remember, prayer is intimacy with Jesus, having a relationship with him with him knowing the Father, and with him knowing the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. You know, St. Paul in the reading said, we're a new creation. We're different. We're children of God, sons and daughters. Now, when we began Lent, uh, the prophet Joel said, uh, for gracious and merciful is he, slow to anger, rich in kindness, and relenting in punishment. Prophet Joel, a description of the mercy and the goodness of God. And then Isaiah said, this rather is the fasting I wish, releasing those born unjustly, bound unjustly, uh, setting free the oppressed, uh, sharing your bread with the hungry, and driving from your midst all false accusations and malicious speech. It's sort of a, a judgment on our times when there's so much of that. And then you shall not bear hatred for your brother, in your heart, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus, the new covenant, said, I have given you a new commandment, that you are to love one another as I have loved you. Just imagine that. That's the kind of love that we're called to. Now, in all three Joel, Isaiah, in the Leviticus, the last reading, and Jesus, uh, we find mercy, the mercy of God, and the love of God, and all of that. And we are to be that new creation, to bring that mercy and love to this world. Now, when we look at the gospel, it's sort of interesting. 
The first one that stands out, I think, is that elder son, eldest son. He's the, uh, in, a, in a way, he's the most transparent. He's, he, he doesn't hide his anger. He's disgusted with his brother. And um, he calls it as it is. He took everything you, you gave him, he wasted it on prostitutes. And, and what have you done for me? I've labored for you. I've worked for you. I've kept your commandments, your law. And what have you done for me? Nothing. And this brother, this son of yours comes back and you, you've killed the fatted calf, put a ring on his finger. Sort of reminds me of, you know, that uh, parable of the two men in the temple. You know, the one that stood at the altar, he said, you know, I fast twice a week, I tithe on everything I have. I'm not adulterous, you know, on and on. But I'm not like that fellow. And the other fellow said, Lord be merciful to me, a sinner. And our Lord said, which, way, which one went away? Justified. Sort of reminds me of that. Now, the other son. Now imagine you're a father. You've got these two sons. There's one comes in. He's angry. He's disgusted. And you've got this other son who was worthless. You know, he didn't go back to his father because of sorrow and all that, that nice statement he made to his, that he made up and to his father. He went back because he was hungry. He went back because uh, uh, people in his father's uh, estate ate better. That's all. And yet, the father loved him. And the father loved this elder son. He said, you know, everything I have is yours. Everything. So this parable that we usually call the parable of the prodigal son, maybe ought to be called the parable of the loving father. He loved them both. He loved them both. And you know, he loves us. He loves each one of us. He loves us so much he gave us his only begotten son. From all eternity he has loved us. And if each one of us takes a good, hard look at our own life. Are we any better than either one of those sons?
and yet he loves us. God bless you.